What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the channel. Today, I got a big three-round NFL mock draft coming at you. Uh, and this this was, I don't want to say challenging, but I just wanted to try and make it as perfect as possible, or at least in my interpretation of what I think would be a perfect draft. I've redone this. I actually recorded this video on Saturday, and right now it's Tuesday at the time of recording. And by the time it will be out, it will be Tuesday as well. But I I just wasn't happy with it. I redid especially when you get towards like the, <clears throat> excuse me, the third round, you know, you, you just try and make it as perfect as possible because not as many people know all the prospects. Uh, so it was definitely challenging and I'm going to continue to torture myself later on this week, which will probably be my last video before the 2022 NFL draft. And that is a full seven round mock draft. So that'll definitely be, I'm not really going to go too much into uh, descriptions on the prospects and um, you know the positional needs of the teams. Uh, if we don't know by now, nine days away, you guys got to watch a lot more videos than just mine. Uh, but you know that one, I'm just going to be racing through because that's going to take me forever, and probably to edit that is going to be crazy. But yeah, this is going to be three rounds. Uh, I think I did as best of a job as I possibly could have done with what I had, and there might be some unpopular picks, but uh, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. I'm always happy to further explain my picks or have a conversation. I know everyone has different opinions. You know, everyone hears different things along the way, and it's just fun to, you know, think about different scenarios. I try and I try to be a little different. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. First overall pick right away. Um, I still believe the hype. I still think that Trayvon Walker is going to be the number one overall pick. There's just too many too many reports coming out that they really, really like Trayvon Walker. They like his athleticism. They like the potential that he has as a pass rusher. My opinion, I have the number one overall pick. I'm not going to take a – I'm not going to take someone based off of their potential. I'm going to take someone that has shown a little bit more promise on the field. So for me, that is Aiden Hutchinson. But I'm going to go with Trayvon Walker here because – it just seems like the very Jacksonville Jaguar thing to do. Uh, so you have Trayvon Walker there. And then uh, as a consequence of Trayvon Walker being number one, I think that the Detroit Lions can go many different ways with the number two overall pick. If Aiden Hutchinson is the first player taken off the board, uh, but he is not. So Aiden Hutchinson falls right into their lap, fills a big need for them. Aiden Hutchinson at number two makes plenty of sense. And then number three, I've seen – um, Sauce Gardner go here a couple times. I've seen if Trayvon Walker gets past one and two, he is the pick to make at three. I still think it's Akeem Aquanu though. Uh, Akeem Aquanu fits, fills a huge need for the the Houston Texans. I mean, you know, they this isn't PFF, but PFF has the disrespect of them saying that their team needs are every single position, and that's exactly really what it is. So Akeem Aquanu has a ton of versatility on the line. He can play tackle. He can play guard. Uh, I think that that's a perfect fit at number three for the Houston Texans. And then let's not overthink this. I am a Jet fan. Let's please not overthink this, Joe Douglas. If Kayvon Thibodeau is there at number four, he should absolutely be the pick. I think him uh, meeting with the Jets and the Giants representatives being in New York this past week just fueled the fire even more. Uh, I think Aquano, Aquano, I think that Thibodeau is the pick to make at number four if he is there. I think that they should race up and hand in the card to Goodell immediately if he's there. Then number five, same thing. My first like 10 picks are pretty, pretty, you know, uh, standard, I feel like, for what I've seen in mock drafts. Got to be Evan Neal. The Giants 
definitely need some talent on that offensive line. While they did sign, uh, I think it was what, Mark Lewinsky and John Feliciano, uh, they definitely still need another tackle. And Evan Neal is fantastic, and he would be a great fit for the Giants there. And then number six, I still think it's Malik Willis. I know that a lot of people have said that the Panthers should go offensive line first and foremost because their offensive line is terrible. You know, Charles Cross is still sitting there at number six. It would make a ton of sense as well. But quarterbacks just go high in the draft. That's all it is. And I don't really believe this Baker Mayfield to Carolina nonsense. And even if I did, I think I'd still take the number six overall pick and take Malik Willis with it. Uh, I like the situation that he falls into because they're still paying Sam Darnold. So you know that Sam Darnold is probably going to start the season regardless of how well Malik Willis plays in the preseason and in camp and all that because uh, they have to pay Sam Darnold, I believe it's like $25 million or something this year guaranteed. So you, you've got to pay him. So you might as well play him for like the three games that he's good and then just move on to Malik Willis. So you know that he'll basically ease into a starting role. He's not going to be thrown straight into the fire. I like Malik Willis to the Panthers a lot. And then at number seven, I like Sauce Gardner. I think that uh, the Giants are going to end up inevitably trading James Bradbury. So that leaves a pretty big hole in the secondary. And Sauce Gardner is my favorite prospect in this entire draft class, maybe besides for Kayvon Thibodeau. So I think it's a, it, it definitely fills a need that is going to eventually be uh, prevalent because right now it's not really that much of a need. The Giants secondary is actually pretty good, but it's pretty clear that the Giants want to get rid of James Bradbury, and I feel like this feeling is a little bit mutual. So Gar Sauce Gardner to the Giants at seven makes a lot of sense for me. And if I keep looking over to this side, I'm sorry, guys, I have all the picks on my phone over here because I never remember anything, so I need to look at it for reference. Number eight, I feel like there's a couple different ways you can go. Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton fills a big need. For the Atlanta Falcons, Jermaine Johnson fills a need in that non-existent pass rush. But who's, who is Marcus Mariota throwing the football to? It's got to be Garrett Wilson here at number eight for me. Number nine, uh, Charles Cross is still on the board. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks like to run the football. Charles Cross is more of a pass protector than he is a run blocker. I don't really see that being a good fit, at least right now. If you throw him straight into a starting role, I think he would struggle initially just because of that air raid offense that he played at Mississippi State. I don't really like that fit there. I like Jermaine Johnson here. Fills another big need as well. Edge rusher is, is is a huge need for the Seattle Seahawks. And Jermaine Johnson has impressed a lot of people. I know his age has been a little bit of a concern lately, but I mean, he's still 23, soon to be 24 years old. He's basically entering his physical prime at this point. So you're going to get Jermaine Johnson most likely at his absolute best, at least physically. So I like Jermaine Johnson there. Uh, number 10, I, I've been adamant in Drake London being the pick. This is what I would do, though. I like Jamison Williams a lot more. I think Jamison Williams is more of a quarterback-friendly wide receiver. And I know that Drake London is a huge guy. He can go up and he can, you know, he can catch those 50-50 balls. He's very, very strong at the point of the catch. Jamison Williams is just a blend of everything that you want in a wide receiver. I think that he would automatically be, well, whoever the Jets take inevitably at 10, that's a wide receiver, whether it be Garrett Wilson, whether it be Drake London, whether it be, you know, uh, Jamison Williams. I think that 
uh, he is going to be the best friend of Zach Wilson. But I feel like in this offense and just the way that Jamison Williams plays, I know he's coming off of an injury. And I think the Jets wide receiving core is a little bit underrated. I know it's not the greatest, but, you know, you got Braxton Berrios, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis coming back. If you can get him a number one wide receiver and you make Corey Davis a number two wide receiver, you automatically make that wide receiving core that much better. So I really like, I really, really like Jamison Williams here at 10. Uh, and Jamison Williams has been my favorite wide receiver in this draft class, the entire process. And uh, maybe you can call it nepotism, I guess, if that's what you want to call it <clears throat> or, or bias. But uh, I do think that Jamison Williams fits a little bit better in the offensive profile than Drake London does for the jets at 10. And then number 11, I like Drake London. Uh, I know that they don't really have a bad uh, wide receiver core, you know, you got Terry, Terry McLaurin, who's probably the most underrated wide receiver in football. And you have Curtis Samuel coming back, who is 100% healthy. But Drake London just adds a different dynamic. And it, it, it appears that they're going to try and win the NFC East outright this year. Um, you know, they got Carson Wentz. You've got to give Carson Wentz as many weapons to throw to as possible. I don't think that Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin cut it. I think that there are more pressing needs. I think that cornerback is an issue. I think safety is an issue as well for the Washington commanders, but Drake London sitting here at number 11, if he gets past the jets, I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Washington goes up and runs the card to Goodell that they want Drake London. And then number 12, um, this is, it's pretty much a, a pick em at this point because it's been rumored that Minnesota likes either Trent McDuffie or Kyle Hamilton. I think that Kyle Hamilton's slide continues slightly. I think McDuffie is a more pressing need. I think cornerback is a huge need for the Minnesota Vikings. And I like McDuffie here a lot more. McDuffie has such a clean tape. And I think he's been slightly underrated throughout this process as one of the top three cornerbacks. Um, and I think he definitely shows that he is a top three corner. So I like to fit there at number 13. That's where the slide stops for Kyle Hamilton, just a do it all type of guy. I know he's a little bit on the slower side, but you know, he could probably play linebacker in sub packages. He is a safety as well. That's another big need for the Houston Texans. So you know, you just go out and get a guy like a Swiss army knife, like Kyle Hamilton, that could just do it all for you. I could probably be a team captain outright as well. He definitely is a leader on that field. I like that there. And number 14, I, I was very adamant a couple of weeks ago, um, up until probably a couple of days ago that Devonte Wyatt should be the pick here at number 14, uh, just fills a huge pressing need for the Washington, Washington. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place between the teams and the, and the, and the players. Uh, I'm going crazy lately. The uh, Baltimore Ravens, that feels a big pressing need. But, you know, uh, who's going to protect Lamar Jackson? Ever since Marsha Yonda retired, um, Ronnie Staley hasn't been able to stay healthy. They need some stability on that offensive line. I like Penning here. He embodies what a Baltimore Ravens player plays like. He's big, he's physical, he's nasty. And he'll definitely let you know it if he puts you in the ground, too. So I like that fit there. Uh, number 15, uh, Derek Stingley has to be. His slide can fall here. I could stop here. I'm sorry. His false will stop here. In my opinion, uh, Darius Slay is on one side. You need another cornerback on the other side. Avante Maddox played pretty well last year. I think maybe if you put him in the slot or, you know, whatever you want to do with him, I think Derek Stingley sitting here at 15 just makes a lot of sense to the Philadelphia Eagles. Then you move down to 16. This number, number 16 through 20 was actually tough for me because I feel like the next five picks just depend on what the saints want to do. Do they Charles cross is sitting right there. Do they want to go out and get him or do they want to get 
a number one type wide receiver in Chris Olave. I know that they're really, really high on Chris Olave and he's still here on my board. I'm going to take Olave. Uh, I think that whoever the quarterback is, it's going to be Jameis, Jameis Winston at first, but whoever the quarterback is long-term for the New Orleans Saints needs someone to throw to. Yes, he needs someone to protect him as well, but I see that they are confident, confident in James Hurst being that blindside blocker as well. So I think that they could hold off a little bit on another pass protector. I like Olave a lot here. Um, and then 17 with Charles Cross sitting on the board. He is a pass protector first and foremost. And the Los Angeles Chargers love to pass the football. I think this is a perfect fit. You have Rashawn Slater on the left side, and then you bookend him with Charles Cross, who could be a absolutely dominant right tackle in the NFL. Love the fit. I think it just makes too much sense there. Number 18, I'm going Jordan Davis here. And the reason I'm going Jordan Davis here is because I think the Philadelphia Eagles need to start thinking uh, towards the future. Fletcher Cox, 32 years old, signed a one-year deal. They need to get younger up front, and Jordan Davis seems like a really nice fit in that Philadelphia Eagles defense. He doesn't have to play three downs right away as well. Uh, as you've seen for how many years, the Philadelphia Eagles like to run rotational pass rushing and defensive line assignments. So Jordan Davis could fit perfectly in there and really uh, give – the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line and a nice shot of some youth. And then at number 19, I like Devontae Wyatt. I feel like it's the same thing here. I feel like they need a little bit more uh, talent on the defensive line. And I feel like this could either flip-flop. It could be Devontae Wyatt at 18 and Jordan Davis at 19 or either way. So I feel like these two picks are pretty much interchangeable. But, you know, the Saints love their big physical defensive linemen, and that's exactly what they get in Devontae Wyatt, who could have the potential to be even better than his battery mate, Jordan Davis. And then 20, Pickett's still sitting here. I, I got to think that they go Kenny Pickett. I know that you know, they could still use a center. They could possibly still use another guard or even a tackle, to be honest with you. But I'm not confident going into the season with Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph as my two quarterbacks. I know that they could probably wait around till round two to get Desmond Ritter. I think with Pickett sitting here, it's a good fit. I think they just go out and get their man of the future. Uh, and he doesn't have to go far. He went to Pitt as well. So I, he's already comfortable. So I like Pickett there. I know he's got small hands and a lot of cold weather teams are worried about that, but I, I don't look at things like that. I know hand size is important, but it's, to me, it just seems a little arbitrary. So I like Pickett to Pittsburgh there. Uh, number 21, it seems like a very Bill Belichick pick. I know cornerback is a very pressing need. So is linebacker Dante Hightower is getting up there at age. Devin Lloyd is on the board. You go out and you get Devin Lloyd, who is the best linebacker in this draft class. Number 22, got to go wide receiver here. I'm, I've seen a couple mocks that have like, the Packers first three out of their first four picks are wide receivers. I think that's crazy. CBS who always puts out some like not so hot mock drafts in my opinion, put one out that they took Chris Olave and then Traylon Burks in the first round. I think that's crazy that they would even think that either one of those guys falls to number 28 in their next pick. So I think this has to be Traylon Burks at this just seems like a match made in heaven, a Traylon Burks, um, Aaron Rodgers connection. I like it a lot. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would like it a lot as well. And then 23, a, a number of ways you can go here. Uh, cornerback is a big need for the Arizona Cardinals. I, I like Zion Johnson here, though. Um, the the interior, the offensive line let Kyler Murray and the running game down last year. Zion Johnson is as technical as you can get as a guard. He's probably the most polished player in the interior in this entire draft. I like the fit there. Then 24. 
same thing. The interior of the offensive line crumbled for the Dallas Cowboys. They just lost Connor Williams as well. Go out and get Tyler Linderbaum. I know a lot of – he's a very polarizing prospect in my opinion. I've seen a lot of people have him super high on his board, going as high as 14 to um, the Baltimore Ravens. I've seen him as low as the second round. So he's a very polarizing prospect, but I think it's what you see is what you get. You're going to get a nasty physical guy that could dominate defensive linemen. So I like Linderbaum. It seems like a very Dallas Cowboys pick as well. So I like Linderbaum to the Dallas Cowboys there. And then at number 25, um, cornerback, biggest press pressing issue for the Buffalo Bills. They have to go out and they get their man. Andrew Booth is right here setting for them. Perfect number two cornerback. Doesn't have to do too much. Trey White will come back healthy next year. I like that. Number 26, um, you can go wide receiver here. They're a sneaky I feel like they're a sneaky team for a quarterback this year, too. Maybe not in the first round. I feel like when you get towards that sec- that third round, because they don't have another pick until number 90. So I feel like that number 90 pick, if someone starts to slide, they could be a uh, surprise team for a quarterback. But right here, I feel like it has to be an offensive lineman. The tackle play uh, just does not look good. Uh, Taylor Lewan can't stay healthy either. I like – where is he? Oh, I guess he's he's – Consider an interior offensive lineman on the draft network, but he could definitely play tackle. I like Tyler Smith a lot at 26. Big, nasty, physical guy who once went out there and said you have to be willing to put your life on the line for your quarterback. I don't know who ever says things like that, but I want that guy on my team, and I want that guy protecting my quarterback. So I like Tyler Smith there. 27, same thing. You have a soon-to-be 45-year-old quarterback in Tom Brady. Uh, I know that their offensive line is extremely solid, probably – The floor is a top 10 unit, probably a top five unit, but there is a glaring need at left guard uh, after Alex Kappa left. And I like Kenyon Green a lot right here. Just shore up the offensive line, make all five starters worthwhile and protect 40,000 year old Tom Brady. Number 28. I want, I like an edge rusher here. Carl Loftus is still on the board. He's not my pick though. Boye Mafe is another guy who could slide up and take this number 28 spot. I really like Arnold Ibiquete though. I think that he has been flying up draft boards recently. There he is, all the way at 47. I think he's definitely better than that. Ibikete has been flying up draft boards lately. Phil's a big need. He's a big, powerful edge rusher who's only getting better as time goes on. I like the fit there for Green Bay. Um, number 29, that's where Carl Loftus comes into play. He's uh, another guy who has fallen off draft. I mean, I, I wouldn't call 29 a fall, but this is a guy at the beginning of the draft process that we were considering a top 10 pick, even as high as I've seen top five. A lot, of, a lot of people had them, him going to the Giants at some point really, really early on. I like Carl Loftus. He fills a need for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you could afford to make that pick because you have the next pick after that. And arguably, the next biggest need for the Kansas City Chiefs is wide receiver. I know cornerback is a pressing issue as well. But we all know that an Andy Reid-led team is going to focus on offense basically first and foremost. I like Christian Watson a lot here. I think he's a big He's a big wide receiver that's dynamic with the football in his hands, and he has a 4-3-6 speed. What's not to like about that? I like Christian Watson to the Kansas City Chiefs. Number 31, uh, cornerback. Has to be – I know you could – with Tyler Linderbaum off the board and Tyler Smith off the board, um, I'm comfortable – I'm still comfortable taking a cornerback over an interior offensive lineman. There's a ton – of guards and centers in this draft that are worthwhile drafting in the second, third, fourth rounds. I think they could wait. This is a this is definitely a bigger issue for the Cincinnati Bengals is cornerback. And I like Kair Elam a lot right here in this spot. He could push Eli Apple the fuck out of that starting role. 
Um, and that's what they really want. And the number 32, I have a little bit of an interesting pick here. Uh, I like Matt Corral to the Detroit Lions here. I, I, I really couldn't even tell you why, but I, it just feels like a pick to be made at 32. I know a lot of teams also – uh, that hold that 32 spot, like to take quarterbacks there because of the 50 year option thing as well. Um, so I think Corral, it could, to me, it's a toss up. I know that Detroit likes Matt Corral. I, I know Detroit likes Desmond Ritter. I think Matt Corral's game will transition just a, a slightly bit better than Desmond Ritter at the next level. So I like Matt Corral here at 32 to end the first round. Then we go over to round number two and the first pick in round number two for me. Um, the Jaguars definitely need help in the secondary. Uh, I like Dax Hill right here. Dax Hill could, you could argue that he could be a first round pick. He could definitely go if at number 20, the um, Pittsburgh Steelers decide not to take a quarterback. They could easily go safety there. The Kansas City Chiefs could go safety as well. There's numerous different ways that it can go, but he is the first pick for me that's off the board in round two. Um, and then you have number 34. You have the Detroit Lions yet again. You just got a new quarterback. Uh, you just got a franchise edge rusher as well. You got to go out and get your new quarterback or at least quarterback of the future, a wide receiver of the future. I like Jahan Dotson here. He's a Tyreek Hill type of player, 5'11", 178 pounds, around that 178, 180 pounds. Uh, dynamic with the football in his hand, can win downfield, and is surprisingly physical for a guy his size, Dahodson. Jahan Dotson is a good pick, in my opinion, there. And then you have the Jets, who could go a few different ways. Edge and wide receiver are off the board for them. Um, I don't think cornerback in the first three rounds is as big of an issue for the Jets as people think. As a Jet fan, and I know 49ers fans know this as well, that Robert Sala likes to kind of sit back and watch the draft go and take the later round cornerbacks. I know that sounds weird, but he likes to develop guys that fit his scheme. And if there's no one out there that fits his scheme, not in love with the cornerback talent that's left on the board. I like Kyler Gordon. I love Tariq Woolen, but I just don't think that Tariq Woolen is more of a project than anything. And I don't see Gordon really fitting into what the Jets have right now. Um, I like Lewis Seen, though. The Jets desperately need some safety help, and Seen is arguably the best player left on the board at this point. Big physical. He is nasty at 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, he packs a punch with every hit. That's exactly what the Jets need. They need someone in the secondary that's not just going to roll over and die. And uh, Seen provides that spark and that hit power from the strong safety position. And then 36, N'Kobe Dean is still on the board. Uh, the Giants need some linebacking help. Pretty much pretty simple for me right there. You know, they still have Blake Martinez, but he's been injury prone as well. I, I just like N'Kobe Dean a lot. I think that he slides slightly just because of the pressing needs of the teams that are in, you know, like the, he, I know that a lot of people have him as a first round pick and I could definitely see him as a first round pick. I could see him as high as like the, the late teens, you know, early twenties as well. But N'Kobe Dean's going to fall in my opinion, due to his size. I know a lot of teams, He's 5'11", I believe. He's about 225 pounds. That's not really what you want to see from these linebackers nowadays. He reminds you kind of like a Telvin Smith, except a little bit better. Like Telvin Smith was not big at all. I believe he was like 6'2", 6'3", like 220 pounds, like at most. So uh, he reminds me of that. And Telvin Smith was a great player up until he, you know, retired. But I like N'Kobe Dean a lot, and I think this is a perfect fit for the New York Giants who have been starving for some linebackers, some 
good linebacker talent for a while now. And then at 37, you have the Houston Texans. And uh, I know I read a couple reports that the Houston Texans definitely won't be going wide receiver with their first two picks. I still don't think they go wide receiver here. I think that they could hold off just a little bit, maybe until the next round here. They have more pressing issues. Their pass rush is absolutely non-existent. And I feel like that's what they go with here. I think Boya Mafe sitting here just makes a lot of sense. Uh, he fits into what the Houston Texans are trying to rebuild. You rebuild your team through the trenches, and edge rushers are extremely important, as we all know. So Mafe is the pick for me at 37. And then you go to 38 with the Jets again. I know the Jets actually today hosted Quan Alexander uh, for a visit. I still think linebacker is a huge need at 38, and I think that with the talent that's left on the board at 38, they have to go linebacker here. I mean – even if they get Quan Alexander, you have CJ Mosley on a one-year, like essentially a one-year deal. You don't know if you're going to re-sign him. Quan Alexander most likely is going to sign a one-year deal. Uh, what happens if both of those guys walk after this year? You don't want to be left with absolutely no one. And we all know that Robert Salah loves his linebackers. You know, he had Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, um, Aziz Al-Shahir as well in San Francisco. I mean, just a, a, a extremely athletic group of linebackers and I feel like that's what they need so I'm I'm still making this selection with with it in mind that the Jets already signed Quan Alexander I know that he could walk away from the meeting and not sign but it it makes me think that the Jets are still looking for linebacking help in free agency but I think Quay Walker is a good pick here at number 38 he could play outside linebacker he um you know in a 4-3 he's big he's physical sideline to sideline he's extremely athletic all those I know Georgia picks back to back someone's definitely going to have something to say about that I don't understand why you guys uh call me a, an SEC lover I mean the players are there the talent is there I'm going to take them I don't care where they went I, I just care about the tape and I care about what they did on the field. I don't care about what this, what school they went to. I really, really like Quay Walker there at number 38. I think it's good value. And he provides young athleticism for the future, not only this year, but for the future. Uh, 39, the Chicago Bears make their first appearance. For me, it's got to be a wide receiver. I know that their offensive line is in shambles, but I feel like they're only really one really good offensive line piece away from being okay because I feel like you could slide Larry Borum in to play guard and then you could put a tackle on the outside opposite Tevin Jenkins and then you have a pretty decent offensive line so I think this pick has to be the way that wide receivers are flying off the board and who's left on the board they have to take a wide receiver I like George Pickens a lot he's a guy that could win downfield he's big he has a big catch radius he catches Basically, everything you throw to him, a very, very smooth operator in terms of the route running department. I think George Pickens is automatically the number one wide receiver and compliments Darnell Mooney very well in Chicago. Then you got number 40, first of two back-to-back picks for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I like some protection here. Either way, it doesn't matter what the pick goes. I like Daniel Falele, uh, 6'8", 380 pounds, big, strong. Dwayne Brown is gone. You need some offensive line talent desperately for Drew Locke or whoever plays quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. And then you got 41. You need some help in that secondary. Pete Carroll loves his big physical cornerbacks that have athletic ability. Tariq Woolen is six foot four and he is big physical and he has insane athletic ability. I think that that is a match made in heaven. And I think that Pete Carroll himself is going to go run up to Tariq Woolen and just force him onto the stage with him. So I like Tariq Woolen there at Seattle at number 41. 42. Another team that I think the first and foremost, you have to go wide receiver. Edge is not a need 
for the Indianapolis Colts. Don't know why that's up there. Uh, cornerback shouldn't be a need anymore. They have Kenny Moore. They have uh, Stephon Gilmore now as well. Uh, offensive tackle might be a need, but I think that they're really convinced that Matt Pryor is going to be the starting left tackle. They feel good about him. Uh, this needs to be a wide receiver for me. And I like Sky Moore. Sky Moore contrasts Michael Pittman very, very well. Sky Moore is the small speedster. Michael Pittman is the big physical possession receiver. Uh, I think that Matt Ryan would have a ton of fun throwing to Sky Moore. 43. This is where another quarterback comes off the board for me. <laughs> Pardon me. If Desmond Ritter is sitting there, I feel like it's a good fit for Atlanta. I feel like Desmond Ritter is a guy that could sit behind Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota is like a perfect bridge quarterback, I feel like. A guy that's not really going to turn the ball over that much. He's not going to take that many chances, but he's going to keep you in a lot of games. Uh, this, this will give Desmond Ritter plenty of time to sit and learn the offense and learn how the NFL game plays out. I like Ritter to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and then we have number 44. I really want to jump at wide receiver right away here. Uh, I'm going to hold back on that. I like Travis Jones to the Cleveland. I was going to say the Cleveland Cavaliers. I've been all over the place lately. Uh, I like uh, Travis Jones to the Cleveland Browns a lot right here. Uh, Phil's uh, a massive need, and he is a massive man who has flown up draft boards as time has gone on. I feel like this is a really, really nice match for the Cleveland Browns. Phil's a big need. He's a run stuffer as well. Number 45. Uh, again, another team that I feel like cornerback is being a little bit overdrafted. Uh, yes, both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are coming off of major injuries, but when those guys are healthy and when they are right, they are playing all pro level cornerback play. So I don't necessarily think, I think it's a need at some point. I don't think it's a need in the first couple rounds though. I, we, we got some protection for Lamar Jackson. You need someone that fits that defensive line. I like Logan Hall a lot here. He's big. He could play on in a 3-4. He could slide in and even play nose if necessary. I know he's a little small for nose, but maybe, you know, rotational. Talking rotation-wise, I think he's under edge. Um, he could also play edge perfectly in a 3-4 as well. Uh, how big is he? I think he's like 6-7. Six, 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 I 6-6 or 6-7, six, like 270, right? Oh, 6-6, six, six, 283, even better. So it's a perfect stature for a 3-4 defensive end. I like that pick a lot there. Um, going on to number 46, you have the Minnesota Vikings. And I think that Harrison Smith needs some help there in the secondary, in the safety department. I like Jalen Petrie here. I know that he's another guy that after the senior bowl has flown up draft boards. Uh, and right away with the first two picks, you basically remake the secondary. Um, you know, you, you give them two guys to build around in the future. And that's something that the Minnesota Vikings have needed for a long time in that secondary. And then you have the Washington commanders at 47. I know that they went uh, Jamin Davis in the first round last year. Uh, David Mayo is a very uninspiring linebacker to me. I feel like if they can go out and get someone in the second round here that could complement uh, Jamin Davis as well, he would play that much better. And that would give them three very, and Cole Holcomb that can give them three very athletic linebackers. Uh, I like Chad Muma here. Chad Muma, really, really good in coverage. Uh, he's not the most, I don't want to say he's not the most athletic guy because he's very athletic. He's not the most athletic linebacker in the class is what I'm trying to say, but he's super solid in coverage and he'll make every tackle that comes his way. So I like Muma a lot. I think that's a good fit. Uh, 48, got to get some protection for Justin Fields. You just got him a number one wide receiver. I know he's slid down boards lately, but I still like the 
potential that Bernard Raymond has. And I feel like the Chicago Bears are in a position where they just kind of have to bank on that. You slide Larry Borum into a guard position. You put Raymond on the on the right side. You you don't make him be a blindside blocker right away or if ever in his career. And then you put Tevin Jenkins on the left side. And you have a pretty okay offensive line if we're talking about potential-wise. I like Bernard Raymond there. Number 49. I like quarterback. I like quarterback here. I like Sam Howell. I feel like this has been a match for a long time. I definitely don't see Sam Howell going in the first round to the Saints. The second round is much more appealing. Now that you have uh, a little bit more talent on the defensive side, and then you have another wide receiver to throw to, I'm much more comfortable putting Sam Howell and Jameis James Winston into a position like this. And another guy, uh, Sam Howell can sit and watch. He doesn't have to start right away. Jameis Winston is under contract for two years. Um, I don't even know what the hell is going on with the Taysom Hill contract situation. Don't ask me about that. But I think Sam Howell is a nice fit here as well. He just has New Orleans written all over him ever since the first like couple mocks I seen. I was like, this guy's definitely going to go to New Orleans at some point. I like Howell here, 49. Uh, most likely my last, my last quarterback off the board. I don't see another quarterback going in the first three. I mean, in the first, I think that Carson Strong is going to end up in Washington. I just think it's going to be in probably round four or something like that. I don't really see that many more quarterbacks coming off the board before round five, really. Uh, and for 50 overall, another pressing need for the Kansas City Chiefs is cornerback. Uh, I Maybe not in the real draft. Kyler Gordon will fall this far, but if he's there, this is a, a match made in heaven for that defense, for Steve Spagnolo and that defense. I like Gordon. Feels a big need right there. Trevarius Ward left. They still haven't, they're still having problems filling that hole. Kyler Gordon fills the hole perfectly there. Uh, edge rusher at number 51 for me could be, um, uh, could be, I, you can, I can't see Ojabo going there because what they signed Hassan Reddick to a three or $45 million deal, a really nice piece of business there. I don't see the fit though. He's a much better outside linebacker in a three, four. I can't see him succeeding that much more as if he plays defensive end or outside linebacker in a 4-3. I don't really know how the Philadelphia Eagles are going to implement him, but I feel like they definitely need an edge rusher, an edge rusher regardless. And I like Cameron Thomas, 6'7", 270 pounds. He's very, very tough to block one-on-one, uh, -on -one, and he's going to cause problems wherever he goes. I like the fit here at 51. And then 52, you need that versatile offensive lineman, in my opinion, for the Steelers. Their offensive line is much improved. It's not perfect, but it's much improved. And if you're going to put Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, whoever you put back there, needs to be protected if you want to have any sort of success. So I like where is he? I think he's under. Oh, that's not what I wanted to do. Let me not do that. Okay, we'll get out of that. Uh, I don't want to see what Brompton Electricity has to offer me. Uh, I think he is under interior off. Yes. Interior offensive lineman, Sean Ryan. I like a lot. He played tackle at UCLA. He's much better suited as a guard at the next level. And either way, he could play tackle at the next level or he could play guard at the next level. And that's the type of versatility that I think the Steelers offensive line needs at this point. And then 53, we finally have our first tight end coming off the board in Mr. Trey McBride. I love this fit, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would love this as well because you have Robert Tunyon in there who 
I never really believed in. His stats were very, very hollow from two years ago. I believe it was some crazy statistic, like 85% of his catches in yards came off of blown coverages, which means that if the defenders just stuck to their assignment, we would never be talking about Robert Tunyon the way that we're talking about him. I like Trey McBride a lot. 1,100 yards this last year. He could block. He obviously can catch. He's a great route runner, and he's big and physical. I like that fit there. 54, you got to get another pressing need off the board. Uh, the the You could argue you can go guard here. I don't know why the Patriots traded Shaq Mason. Uh, Bill Belichick is strange. I don't know what they were doing there, but I like Roger McCreary. He's another SEC cornerback who has been battle-tested. Apparently, a lot of people don't like him because he's got short arms. I don't like, okay, whatever. I, I feel like a lot of measurables make sense. Some of them don't make as much sense as I feel like people think. To me, I know that having long arms is important as a cornerback, but if you can cover, man, you could cover. And he's covered some of the best of the best. So I like McCreary at number 54, another second-round guy that um, Bill Belichick could find that could make into probably a superstar. And then 55, I have Brees Hall here, the first running back coming off my board. Just a really nice fit, honestly. Like a a three-down guy, he – he, he is a great runner. He could catch the ball as well. He is going to fill the role at first that Chase Edmonds had with James Conner still under contract. But once James Conner is gone, Brees Hall is going to be the absolute workhorse of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, 56, I have Jaquan Brisker coming off the board here. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys definitely need some help in the safety department. Brisker has a slight slide. I've seen in a couple mock drafts as well. I don't really know why. I haven't really done too much digging into it, but uh, I like Brisker to the Dallas Cowboys. They're really trying to get their biggest needs off the board, and safety is definitely a big need for the Dallas Cowboys in round two. You get great value for Jaquan Brisker at number 56. Uh, And then 57, I have another running back coming off the board. I got Kenneth Walker coming off the board to the Bills. The Bills have a very, very fantastically constructed roster. I mean, I've looked at their roster over and over and over again, and I really can't see other than cornerback and, and, and running back. I can't see too many problematic areas. Their offensive line is good. They might need some backups defensive line. You need some reinforcements. You're not going to be drafting starters. I feel like that's what you, when you've reached peak roster, you're just drafting backups and you're drafting for luxury at that point. I feel like this is more of a luxury pick. Zach Moss is terrible. Uh, Matt Breida is gone. Devin Singletary was pretty good last year, especially down the stretch. But um, this is a two running back league now. We all know that Zach Moss is is gone. You could just cut him. He's he looked atrocious at times last year. I know because I drafted him in like the tenth round in fantasy, and I was absolutely upset about that. By like week five, I was I, dro- I dropped him. I like Kenneth Walker a lot here. Uh, he's not going to. He's not going to blow you away in the receiving department, but in terms of running the football, he is superb. So I like Kenneth Walker a lot here to the Bills. Number 58. I lost my place here. There we go. You have uh I need you need a defensive lineman here, in my opinion, for the um Atlanta Falcons. I know that they also need an edge rusher, but I like Perrion Winfrey here. I think this is a good fit. Uh he can play in a 3-4, he could play defensive end. Uh, how big is Winfrey? I know he's yeah, he's 6'4", 303. So you're probably going to get more of an inside pass rush from him. But I think that this is – the pass rush is just dead. You need bodies at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I initially had Travis Jones going to 
the Atlanta Falcons. I believe it was at 44, but then I changed my mind because I really liked the value that they were getting from Desmond Ritter at that position. But hurry on Winfrey here is a, is a good, good selection. In my opinion, this definitely fills a need. Like I said, you just need bodies. We'll get to edge soon. Don't worry. Um, number 59. I like another linebacker here for the, uh, Green Bay Packers, they got an all-pro season out of Devontae Campbell, and they also gave him a five-year, $50 million extension. But, uh, you know, Chris Barnes is okay. He's young as well. He, he played all right, but there's really not much behind them as well. I, I like Christian Harris here. He's fallen to 59, so I feel like you kind of have to pick him at that point, um, especially if it's, it's not a pressing need. With ta- I'm not in love with the tackle prospects that are on the board right now at 59. I don't think you get great value out of really any out of any of them. So I like Christian Harris. You get great value and you get a fantastic player as well. And then at number 60, when is David Ojabo going to get taken off the board? This is what I was talking about before. When you have a great roster, when your roster is constructed greatly, you could afford luxury picks like this. I think David Ojabo falling, even though he's coming off of a devastating Achilles injury, I think this is a really, really nice fit. The, the edge rushing department for the Bucks kind of scares me a little bit, but if they draft Ojabo and he comes back healthy, you could slide Anthony Nelson to a defensive end position, and then you put... Uh, I believe he plays weak side. I don't remember. It's either weak or strong side, obviously. I, I Don't quote me. I don't remember which side um, Anthony Nelson plays. And then you could put Ojabo right in there as well. And then right away you have a – I mean, they already have a good pass rush, but then you got Nelson coming from the defensive end position, and then you have Ojabo coming from the outside linebacker position. I think it's a good luxury pick for the Bucks, and they could definitely make it. Uh, 61, I have Jamari Salyer coming off the board here. Uh, the – San Francisco 49ers need some interior offensive line help. I think that is first and foremost, you need to protect Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, whoever the hell is going to be starting. Uh, Salyer, very underrated player at Georgia. And same thing goes for Justin Schaefer as well. He'll be coming off the board at some point soon as well. But I like Salyer here to the 49ers. I feel like it's it just makes a lot of sense. And then 62. I have another running back coming off the board. I'll be straight with you guys. I do not like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I don't think he's a good runner at all. I'm not confident in if if I had to give Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the ball 20 to 25 times in a game that he would really do that much with it, even with the offensive line that the Kansas City Chiefs have. I like Isaiah Spiller at number 62. You get good value and you got a guy who is a three-down running back and definitely a dual threat. Uh, 63, uh, maybe a surprise pick. I don't really know how highly you guys value Cam Jurgens, but I think that Jurgens is a straight center and he fits a big need for the Bengals. If they can get a cornerback in the first round and then swing around and get a pure a pure center in round two, the Bengals could run it back and win the AFC again uh, because they have they basically have done with their offensive line what the Kansas City Chiefs do, did last year. I like Jurgens. Uh, if I could find him. That would be great. Here he is, Cam Jurgens, a little bit lower, but I value him a little bit higher because he is a straight center, and that's exactly what the Bengals need. And then the last pick in round two, uh, you can go tackle here. I don't really like the value, like I said, for the rest of the second round with the tackle position. Uh, edge, I don't really see it being a huge, huge need for the Denver Broncos. Linebacker is a big need. I like Leo Chanel here. Leo Chanel is a guy who offers not only pass rushing, from the middle linebacker, inside linebacker position, where he had eight sacks last year, uh, led Wisconsin with eight sacks from the middle linebacker position. 
Uh, he he is just a, a, a Madden hit stick. Like that is what he is. He and he doesn't sacrifice technique either. He makes every tackle. He's not going for straight power. He's just such a big, strong guy that he just hits with a ton of pop. I love that, and I love that for the Denver Broncos defense. Uh, that is it for round two. Now we are sliding over to our final round here in round three. Let me take a sip of water. I had a little bit of popcorn before I started. It was the white cheddar type, and it was a little bit salty, so my mouth is dying right now as I'm talking. Let me switch over to round three here and take a sip. And I'm good to go. I know linebacker is on the end of the needs list here, but if Channing Tindall, Chin, excuse me, if Channing Tindall is still on the board at 65, I really can't see the Jacksonville Jaguars passing up that athletic ability and that coverage. Channing Tindall is relatively green. He was behind Quay Walker and N'Kobe Dean in the pecking order at Georgia, but he still showed out. And the guy has some great speed from the linebacker position. I feel like they, I feel like that's what. You just they just need some athletes on that on that defense. Uh and I think Tyndall could definitely supply some athleticism. So I like that pick there. Maybe a surprise at 65, but you know, who knows? I value some prospects higher. I value inside inside interior offensive linemen and linebackers, especially inside linebackers, I value probably a lot higher than other people. That's just me. Why? Couldn't tell you. I have an old school way of thinking when it comes to football. I like Tyndall here a lot, even with the guys that are still left on the board. Same thing here with the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell needs a, a, a leader at that linebacker group, that they have glaring it a glaring hole at linebacker. I like Brian Asamoah. Uh, he has been, if you guys go all the way back to my first team mock draft, I did the New York Jets. I actually had him mocked to the Jets at the time. That was way back in November in about the fourth round. He is an extremely intelligent football player. He plays the game at such a high speed. Uh, he's a tackling machine. He would be the absolute quarterback of that defense for the Detroit Lions. And that's probably someone that Dan Campbell absolutely loves. He loves that. He lives and breathes that kind of stuff. So I like Asamoa here at 66. Then 67, you got to get a weapon. I think that the Giants have done a, a spectacular. If this is how the, the draft would play out, I think the Giants are one of the big winners. They they have played it fantastically up until this point. If this is how it falls out, you get, you know, one of the best linebackers, you get the best cornerback, in my opinion, and you get one of the best offensive tackles, which is three of your biggest needs. They also need a wide receiver as well. Um, uh, Kadarius Toney was good for a while. Sterling Shepard, all right. You never know what you're going to get from him. Kenny Galladay was fucking atrocious, so... You need a wide receiver. I don't care. You need another weapon. I like John Mechie. John Mechie is a guy that I had mocked in, in the third round, surprisingly, a couple times to the Giants way back in like December and, and January. Um, I think the injury has kind of – he kind of fell off. And I don't mean like injury because of the injury. I mean, I just feel like people just stopped talking about it. Everyone – I looked at the rankings the other day. And I was like, shit, I forgot John Mechie was in this draft. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people just kind of forget about him. But I think that he is the type of receiver where Kadarius Tony is a guy that you don't want around the line of scrimmage because of how shifty he is. I feel like Mechie is the guy that can win downfield for you. Kenny Galladay used to be that guy in Detroit. I don't know what happened to him. I scored as many touchdowns in the NFL this year as Kenny Galladay. You know how many that was? Goose egg. 
moving on to number 68, you have the Houston Texans. And I feel like you still could wait until number 80 to take a wide receiver. But I really, really like Jalen Tolbert here from South Alabama. He's a guy that can go up and get those 50-50 balls downfield. You, now, right away, you, you get Jalen Tolbert here. Nico Collins showed definite promise last year. And then you just signed Brandon Cooks to a big-time extension as well, a two-year extension. You got some weapons. And don't forget about Brevin Jordan either. That's another guy that uh, Davis Mills could throw to. So if they're really believing in Davis Mills, they have to surround him with people that can win him football games. I like Jalen Tolbert a lot. A, a big, wiry wide receiver that has a huge catch radius. I think he's 6'3", uh, 195, or close to 200. I could be wrong. Let's check. Let's take, let's take a look. Yeah, 6'3", 190. So he's a big, wiry guy uh, that could definitely win those balls downfield. Number 69, this might be an unpopular opinion for um, a lot of people that are Jet fans, but I think that even though Connor McGovern played really, really well last year, considering how bad he played his first year as a Jet, uh, I, I can't see paying Connor McGovern $9 million to play center again. I think the Jets have to go out and get someone that can play center. And I think that is Cole Strange. Uh, and what is better than drafting a guy with the last name Strange at number 69 overall? I mean, the story just writes itself, people. Uh, Cole Strange is a guy that can play guard. He also can play center. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that Joe Douglas has already had talks with him about playing center because he was at the Senior Bowl with JD and Robert Salah and all those guys. I uh, like Cole Strange here at number 69. Like I said, just writes itself. Strange at 69. Can't go wrong. Then at number 70, I have Ed Ingram. I think that. Uh, uh, like I said before, I value interior offensive linemen probably a lot higher than other people. But those guys, I mean, offensive linemen get no – if you're not a tackle, I feel like if you're not Zach Martin or you're not Quentin Nelson, you don't really get that much love from the guard position. It's an extremely, extremely important position. Um, and, you know, because if you get pushed back, you're getting pushed back right into your quarterback's lap. So uh, I think Ed Ingram is a guy – who can help the Jaguars with their like now they have Brandon Sheriff. They they have a pretty okay offensive line. Um, they're just missing another guard. And I think that Ed Ingram can be that guy. He could also play center if absolutely necessary. He is a guy that at LSU played basically all five positions of the offensive line. I love that versatility from an offensive lineman. A lot of people don't like that because that could mean that they just can't really stick to one position. But Ed Ingram definitely has had success at at least guard and tackle. So you definitely can play center as well. Uh, 71. The, I really wanted to go with another offensive lineman here, but then I kind of looked at it. And after the Bernard Raymond pick, I think the offensive line already looks a little bit better. You have people in their more natural positions, and this is a deep interior offensive lineman class. You can go out and get someone in the fourth round if necessary. The secondary needs a little bit of help for the Chicago bears. I like Nick Cross here because besides for Eddie Jackson, there's really not that much back there. And Eddie Jackson hasn't been playing up to his contract as well. So uh, Cross is one of those guys that's really, really intriguing. I've seen him as high as early second round, and I've seen him as low as the fourth round. But I like Cross here. I think he's a good fit at the safety position for the Chicago Bears. Then at number 72, I need some defensive line depth from the Seattle Seahawks. I know that they re-signed Al Woods as well, but Al Woods is also turning, I believe, like 35 years old. So you don't know. Al Woods did have a really, really good season, especially as a run defender. But 
how many more years is Al Woods going to play? You know, and is he even going to play up to the standard that he played last year? Uh, I know this man has slid down draft boards very, very far. Uh, I like Fidarian Mathis. He is a guy that is not going to – this is a perfect scenario, at least for this year, for the Seattle Seahawks because he's probably not a guy that's going to play three downs. But if you want to rotate those interior defensive linemen, then he is the perfect guy, at least for this year, or as long as Al Woods and Puna Ford and all those guys want to play. Um, 73, another guy who has slid down the board comes off for me as well. Uh, I, I, DeForest Bunkner is fantastic. I think you could get the absolute most out of DeMarvin Leal if he plays next to DeForest Bunkner because DeForest Bunkner is just such a force. And I know that they need a little bit of defensive line depth, just a little bit. And I think DeMarvin Leal, with the talent that he possesses, he falls all the way to 73. I think you kind of can't pass that up. So I like DeMarvin Leal at 73. At 74, you need some offensive linemen for the Atlanta Falcons. We're completely revamping this, this offense for this team. Um, I like Darian Kennard, another guy who is very versatile, played guard and played tackle and both played very well. Six foot five, 345 pounds. Imagine that guy in the interior. You are not moving him at all, but he also can play tackle. I like Kennard a lot there. 75, <coughs> whoa, 75, I need, uh, you don't necessarily need a tight end. But if you're going to compete in the AFC and the AFC West have you, I feel like um, the tight end situation is okay in Denver. I feel like Isaiah likely can make it that much better. Definitely a huge, definitely a receiver first and foremost, but that's okay because Noah Fant was more of a receiver first and foremost, and it worked last year. So you replace Noah Fant with Isaiah likely. He is a very smooth uh, route runner. He's got great hands. Big physical 6'4", 255 pounds. Love, I love the fit here with Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. 76, I have Baltimore Ravens. And I am going to go with a cornerback here. Uh, just some depth because we saw how bad the Baltimore Ravens secondary was when both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey were out. It was goddamn atrocious. Uh, they gave up like 8,000 yards in the last four weeks. I like Martin Emerson, another guy that has slowly kind of fallen down the draft boards here, but he's a guy that kind of reminds me of like a Marlon Humphrey S type player. I'm not saying that he's anywhere near the player that Marlon Humphrey is, but he's a perfect third cornerback for me, in my opinion, in the secondary for the Baltimore Ravens. And then at 77, you have the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I love Dylan Parham here because Dylan Parham could play guard and he could also play center, which is ideal for the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, which really isn't terrible. You have Brian O'Neill, who was spectacular last year. You have Christian Derisaw that's going to be building off of a solid rookie season when he did play. Uh, I like Parham because Garrett Bradbury just – if Garrett Bradbury gets better and he starts at center, at least Parham could play guard but I think that he is going to win the starting spot over Bradbury because Bradbury is just undersized. He doesn't possess the strength. He constantly gets pushed back into Kirk Cousins' lap. I like Parham a lot here at 77. 78, I'm going to take a wide receiver finally for the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to go David Bell. Uh, reminds me of Jarvis Landry a little bit because he's not the fastest guy, but he's <clears throat> pardon me. he's a good route runner. And he can create separation for someone that's not really that fast. I'm pretty sure, like, didn't Jarvis Landry run, like, one of the slowest 40 times in, like, NFL history? And he's 
constantly creating separation. I feel like David Bell could be a very similar player to Jarvis Landry. And at 78, that's around the same spot that Jarvis Landry got taken. So you're getting, if you're getting a Jarvis Landry type of player out of David Bell, that's pretty great value. 79, uh, I like the linebackers for the Chargers. I don't love them. Uh, Kenneth Murray obviously is pretty damn good. Uh, they signed Troy Reader, which I'm not really a fan of because we got a, we saw a glimpse of how exposed he got in the playoffs, and it was just covered up by the fact that the Rams won the Super Bowl. So I'm not totally confident in Troy Reader. Uh, where is that man linebacker? I like Troy Anderson here. Um, probably one of the most athletic guys in the draft, 6'4", 230 pounds. Uh, was a wide receiver in college for a little while as well. Anderson is a guy that doesn't necessarily have to start, but can make a lot of plays if you give him the playing time. Then 80, uh, I need a cornerback here. Uh, like I said, this is going to be a long process for the Houston Texans. You got to go one pick at a time. You got another wide receiver. You have a solid wide receiving core. You got your safety. You got an edge rusher, and you got an offensive tackle that could also play guard. I like Cam Taylor Britt here at number 80. Good value. Solid player. Uh, I don't like – I think they have – I could be wrong. I don't even know if I'm saying this guy's name right or if it's the right name. But I saw on the depth chart the other day for the Giants that they had John Feliciano playing center and they had Shane Lemieux, I want to say, playing guard. I am not a fan of that. I think that Feli if – you, if you sign Feliciano and you want him to play, I think he should play guard. And I think you should draft a center. I mean, Lemieux is a perfectly good backup. I like Alec Lindstrom here from Boston College. He is a very, very strong – it keeps going away. He's a very, very strong interior offensive lineman, um, very technically sound. Those Boston College uh, linemen are very technically sound. He's not the biggest guy. I think he's 295, but like I said, definitely makes up for it in strength and technique. Um, would be a really, really welcomed addition for the New York Giants, who desperately need offensive line help everywhere. Um, number 82, maybe a surprise pick, maybe not. I said I was going to revamp this offense for the Atlanta Falcons. You need a running back. And Cordell Patterson is not a running back. Did he play fantastic last year? Yeah, but he's also on the wrong side of 30, and he's not a real running back. I'm sorry, you need someone that could tote the ball 25 to 30 times a game. Cordell Patterson's a perfectly good gadget player. He played way better than a gadget player last year, but he hasn't been consistent in his career. I like James Cook, honestly. James Cook has, I don't want to say he's flown up the draft boards, but he's definitely rose. His stock has risen since the NFL combine, and I've seen him taken in the third, fourth round. But I like this fit a lot because he could definitely get playing time here. He definitely can get a lot of playing time in Atlanta. Um, you know, Cordell Patterson, there were some games where he ran really well and some games where he only rushed six or seven times. That stack could be picked up by James Cook. And then when Cordell Patterson eventually, you know, leaves or retires, whatever it may be, James Cook could take over and be that workhorse guy. Uh, 83. And I, I think that the Philadelphia Eagles need some safety help here. I like Kirby Joseph. Uh, where is my man Kirby? Love that name, too. I love the name Kirby. I like Kirby a lot here. Number 84, uh, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers with Joe Hayden on the wrong side of 30 as well. I think they need – isn't he a free agent? I don't even know if he signed. I, I, I don't remember what has been going on. I've been so focused on the draft that the free agency just went like this for me. I don't even remember half the things that happened. But um, they definitely need quarterback help regardless. 
And I like Alante Taylor out of Tennessee. Number 85, I think that another thing, uh, right away, a lot of people, and myself included actually, thought that the New England Patriots should just go out and get a wide receiver in the first round. Doesn't necessarily have to happen, but I still like a wide receiver here at number 85. And if Alex Pierce is still on the board, I think they should go out and get my man, Alex Pierce. Six foot three, 215 pounds, really athletic, really, really strong at the catch points, got great hands. And he's a good route runner as well. That's really all you're looking for in a wide receiver. And um, I was going to say, I was going to say, and he's white. So of course, Bill Belichick is going to go out and get him. Uh, Number 86. I think that Alex Leatherwood is terrible. Uh, I think he was really, really overdrafted last year. I don't think that he is going to be a good tackle, regardless of how much time he gets wherever. Didn't he get moved? He got moved inside, I think, last year, like a few games in because he was just doing that bad. I think that they give Abraham Lucas a, a shot here. Abraham Lucas is six foot seven. I believe he's 334 pounds, big, nasty, physical guy who doesn't have to be the blindside blockers. You got Colton Miller. So I like Abraham Lucas to play right tackle. And then I like them to keep Alex Leatherwood on the inside. That offensive line definitely needs some help. I know that they got Chandler Jones and they got Devontae Adams, but they didn't do that much outside of those, those two moves. They still didn't really fix a lot of problematic areas that they did have, but Lucas would be a good start to a team that doesn't really have that many draft picks anymore. Uh, We are down to 87 and, uh, Definitely need an edge rusher here after Chandler Jones is gone. And I think that Drake Jackson could be that guy that fills that role. He is another guy that has fallen way far off of these draft boards. I had him early second. I think I had him at the the Houston Texans pick a couple months ago. And then he just kind of got quiet. But he's still a guy that could easily slide in and fill a need and be productive for the Arizona Cardinals. Number 88, I got Wondell Robertson coming off the board. Um, CeeDee Lamb and then Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup resigned. You have CD Lamb. I think you need that slot receiver. For this offense to work, I feel like you need that really good slot receiver. And I think Wondell Robertson is a guy that could definitely be a perfect slot receiver at the next level, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. I like the fit there. Then at number 89, I just don't even know what to do with the Buffalo Bills, but they definitely do need a little bit of defensive tackle depth, in my opinion. I like Matthew Butler here. He was a guy that I was talking about a couple months ago as a guy that could fly up draft boards as the time went on. I was going to say, where was he? I'm having real problems with the, with this today. Uh, Butler is a guy that has gone up draft boards. He went from basically being a, a prospect that wasn't even like a thought to someone who it ha- was ranked, like what was that, 106th or something for the draft network. So he's been flying up draft boards, and it shows. His play is very, very good. He's solid. He's a good, route, he's a good um, run defender as well. Then at number 90, I feel like a really, really big pressing issue for the Tennessee Titans is their is their tight end room. Uh, they lost Jeff Swaim or whatever his name is. They lost Anthony Fersker as well. They basically lost every tight end that they had. And then they signed Austin Hooper, who we've seen since he went to Cleveland and then since has been cut. Definitely is not, could not live up to that contract. I mean, the guy is not athletic. He... He had butter on his hands all the time. He was dry. when they played the Jets. What was it this year? I think he had like like fifteen drops. Like I mean, the guy just had butter all over his hands all the time. I like Jeremy Ruckert here, and the reason I like Jeremy Ruckert is because he's coming from an Ohio State uh, offense where he was like the fifth option. 
And he's also a really good blocker as well. But when he got the opportunity to catch passes, he did not pass up that opportunity. He has some of, if not the best hands out of any tight end in this class. And he's huge. He's 6'5", 250 pounds. That's a great, great target for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. I like Ruckert here at number 90. Then at number 91, maybe another surprise. I like Jojo Doman here. And I actually had in the the Buccaneers mock draft that I did uh, a couple – weeks ago i had doman going to them anyway but i had them in the fourth round i think doman has his stock has risen a little bit and i think that the buccaneers are in that position where they could afford to take guys maybe a little bit before where they're supposed to go because their roster is just constructed so nicely uh doman is a guy that um Levante David's not going to play forever, and Devin White is pretty suspect if he's not playing in the playoffs i feel like his best play comes when he is in the playoffs he takes um he takes bad angles to the ball. Uh, as a commenter had a couple of days ago, he is a very selfish player as well, and he uh, doesn't really play to the scheme. That's what he said. I wasn't really sure what he said by that. I kind of knew what he meant, but he doesn't play the game like to the game plan, I guess is what he was trying to say. But I like Doman here because he provides um, – a spark and he provides a little bit more depth and who could eventually take over for Levante David or Devin white, whoever leaves first, whatever it may be. Number 92, you have the green Bay Packers. I think that it's finally time to address the tackle position. I like Rashid Walker out of Penn state here. Number 93, uh, another guy that's flown up the draft boards ever since the combine is Zion McCollin. The San Francisco 49ers have a couple good cornerbacks already, and they also have Traverius Ward that they just signed this offseason. Still think it's a need, though. And uh, you can't pass up on Zion McCollum's athleticism and what he's shown. He's also a fantastic um, cornerback when it comes to production. I think he had like 56 pass pass breakups in like 54 career games in, in college. That's something that definitely needs to be explored more. 94, I like some defensive line depth here for the – Kansas City Chiefs, I like Zach Carter at 94. At number 95, another guy who emulates the type of player that C.J. Azama was for the Bengals, a guy who could block and catch. I like Cade Otten here out of Washington. Big target, strong hands, good blocker as well. I love that. Then at number 96, I finally have Nicholas Petit-Friere coming off the board. He slides because he got his – Some of his tape is not good, but he's still worthy of a top 100 selection, especially since the Denver Broncos could use a little bit of offensive line help. I don't know why I said it like that. I said a little bit. Don't know why I said it. Whatever. Number 97, get some cornerback help here for the secondary. I like Marcus Jones here. I know Marcus Jones is like a super tiny. He's probably like one of the smallest prospects that, this draft has but he's super dynamic and he's super productive from the cornerback spot he definitely plays above his size his stature he plays well above his stature I like that fit there in the secondary number 98 you finally get some uh finally get some protection some more protection for whoever's throwing the football for the Saints where is he I have Matt well let's go here out of North Dakota, a lot of North Dakota prospects this year, I've noticed. You also have Cordell Valson as well. Oh, that's North Dakota State. Well, let's go is out of North Dakota. I like that fit a lot. It seems, 
it seems like a very New Orleans pick. I know that that doesn't like hold any of it. Someone would be like, what the hell does that mean? And I can't even really explain it, but I feel like they love these obscure prospects. Like if you look a, a few years ago, they traded up to get Marcus Davenport last year. They got Peyton Turner. Like they, I feel like they're always getting the unexpected prospect. I feel like that's a big thing for the Saints and Mickey Loomis. Uh, number 99. I have the Cleveland Browns taking Kingsley and Igbari get them some edge help there. And Igbari is another guy that has slightly fallen, but this is around where he would probably get drafted, I would think. Number 100, I'm getting another pass catcher for Lamar Jackson. They already have an okay wide receiving core. It's not anything too crazy. I mean, having Mark Andrews also helps that much more. I think if you add one more wide receiver there that can play in the slot as well, I think that that would be awesome. I like Khalil Shakur a lot out of Boise State. Then at number 101, get some linebacker help for the Philadelphia Eagles. I like uh, – where was he? Bro? I'm, look, I'm looking at two different boards, so I'm trying to find the players that I was looking for. I like Brandon Smith out of Penn State. Uh, if I could ever find him, that would be great. Here he is right here. At number 102, I like Justin Schaefer because the Miami offensive line is still pretty god-awful, especially in the interior. Uh, where is my man? There he is, Justin Schaefer, right there. Then at number 103, I have Brian Cook coming off the board because the Kansas City Chiefs love to run a three-safety system. Brian Cook is a guy that could slide right in and be that third safety for sure, especially after Daniel Sorensen went over to the New Orleans Saints. Then the second-to-last pick I have – it has to be – this is the first time the Rams have have come on my board um, – it's got to be a cornerback here. They desperately need some cornerback help opposite of Jalen Ramsey. And I like Kobe Bryant a lot, a guy that was overshadowed by Sauce Gardner for the most part, who in his own right had a very, very fine college career. And then at number 105 and the final pick in the third round and the final pick in my draft, uh, I'm getting some edge help for the San Francisco 49ers. And I like Majai Sanders here out of Cincinnati, another guy who has just fallen off those draft boards, but could definitely capitalize off of um, Nick Bosa being on the other side of the defensive alignment. So I like Majai uh, Sanders there. And there you have it. That is my full three-round mock draft that has taken me 900 days to complete just because I wanted to really, really give every single pick some thought. And I know that Maybe uh, I didn't articulate every pick as well as I probably could have. And I'm sorry about that. If you guys want more explanations on why I picked someone where, just let me know in the comments section below. I'll be happy to let you guys, I'll be happy to oblige. I'll be happy to let you guys know exactly what my thinking is. And I try and think a little bit outside the box on some of those picks. But thank you guys so much for watching. If you're watching all the way up until this point, I know it's a longer video than I usually upload, but uh, can't thank you guys enough for the support. The draft is nine days away from this being up and fully loaded and there will be a seven round mock draft up probably around the same time next week i want to give it a little bit of time before the draft but not too much time so thank you guys so much for watching today i hope you guys enjoyed leave a like leave a comment subscribe to the channel if you haven't and i will see you next time thank you guys so much